What you're about to hear is a portion of this week's Pod Dylan, the full version of which is now available only to FM Plus subscribers. Please enjoy this sample. For just a few dollars a month, FM Plus subscribers get all of our full episodes, bonus episodes, plus full archives from every show in the FM Podcast Network. Subscribing makes all of these great shows possible. You can sign up in Apple Podcasts or at fmpods.com. When I was a kid growing up in Jersey, uh, anybody who was a hoot or really funny or something, uh, we'd call them a riot. Ladies and gents, uh, this guy's a riot in more ways than one. Bob Dylan. The man in me will do nearly any task. And as for compensation, there's little he would ask. Take a woman like you to get through to the man in me. This is Pod Dylan, the show that celebrates the work of Bob Dylan, One Song at a Time, part of the FM Podcast Network. I'm your host of Freewheeling, Rob Kelly. And joining us this week to talk about The Man and Me from 1970's New Morning is fellow Bobcat, Mike Jameson. Hi, Mike. Welcome back. How you doing, Rob? Good to be here. Absolutely. It has been since episode 150 since the last time you were on. I didn't realize it had been that long. You and your son, Xander, were on the show. We did. We talked about a Bob Dylan children's book. Xander still holds the record at nine for being the youngest Pod Dylan guest we've ever had. <laughs> I mean, he's in college now, right? It's been so long since we did episode 150. Oh, yeah. I'm, he pays for everything now. He, I live with him. I've moved. I've downsized. Oh, and <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> That's very, very nice of him to do that. So uh, I guess, what no, is he, he like, is, you, work, he you is, let he record your podcast in a separate room or like what? How's that? Yeah, work? He, he is 12 now. He's in seventh grade. And you know, we're going to have to, we'll take a peek behind, behind the curtain before uh, we started recording. I was telling Rob that I walked upstairs on Saturday night and my son was uh, in the family room by himself playing his PS5, listening to Changing of the Guards uh and singing along and then he informed me that it is now his new favorite bob dylan song so i'm very very proud and i think he is itching for another guest spot so we'll have to see if we can see if we can make that happen (laughs) i'm sure we could you're raising him right mike raising him right that's all i can say i'm trying i'm trying not only is he bob dylan fan but a street legal fan i mean that's 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 next level my friend that is next level so anyway like i said we've been talking about uh doing this uh episode on the man and me which unbelievably we've not yet covered on the show 300 plus episodes in but i love this song it's super fun it's you know there's no uh, there's no interplot here. It's just a straight up devotional song, which is fun when Bob Dylan does one of those. You know, it's just really straightforward to straight ed. So why did why did you want to talk about? It? Yeah, it's funny. I was going to say I was surprised that it hadn't been uh, covered on the show before because I always try to do the very very easy songs. There is no way <laughs> I can do like you know a ten minute one of Bob's epics. I'm not going to be coming, you know, I'm not going to be requesting murder most foul or something like that. All right. Okay. But, and I do love it too. I, I think it's, I, I like, I love new morning. I think it's great. It's just, it's such a change of pace for him. It's that it, it's very much that, uh, I, I mean, I wanted to get into it, but maybe this is where it is. I mean, Bob Dylan, I'm with like most rock acts that or any acts that have been around for a long time. They go through their different, they're different stages. And Bob Dylan, I think, out of any act out there, has gone through many, many different stages, not only in his musical career, but his life, which they intertwine. But I mean, I think this is him uh, opening up the 70s. He's very happy in his marriage. I mean, now 
we can look back and we see like, okay, you know, it's almost like a, we're, we're looking back, we're watching a movie and saying, well, it's not going to last. But the, at that time, <laughs> he was very happy. He was living, you know, he was, wasn't it? He was out in the country. Living He's out in Woodstock. Yeah. 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 Having, having kids. And I think you could tell that in this song. I, I think with, with this song, um, I wish Bob had guested on Sesame street back then in like 1970 <laughs> i could see him playing this with like one with like grover or somebody <laughs> i mean you know like so back then that was like great when sesame street first came out like stevie wonder would be on there they would have yeah. like you know they'd have james Earl jones uh doing the alphabet and they would have um jesse jackson i mean they had and maybe they still do i don't know i don't have a lot sesame street since my son was like two years old but um yeah, you know, couldn't you just kind of see Bob in that? And again, that's the other thing with with his like different stages of his career. Bob always looks different. It's amazing to to like I I I unfortunately always look the same. I think maybe I don't, but unfortunately I think I do, and that that stinks for me. But um, you know, you look at Bob in like '66, and then you look at him in like uh like '68, and then like I I don't know about you, I I have my certain favorite Bob looks or or, or Bob periods, um of the way he looks, and it's just like he has the shorter kind of hair. I think he's a little bit not that he's not that he's fat. He's a little bit chubbier. Looks like he's happy. He's 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 a family man. He's got the denim going all the time. Um, <laughs> I could definitely see him with with like uh, Big Bird standing next to him as he like played this on his guitar. <laughs> that would have been adorable. Uh, I mean, that would have been great. That's a very narrow window of what of what Bob did, what version of Bob could have <laughs> potentially done that. But yeah, I could see that. I could see yeah. him singing a new morning song Do- if yeah. dogs are free or something. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> But um, I will say this also, though, I like I did. I, I mean, I'm only half kidding, but I, I would I would would feel daunted, like doing like one of the, the bigger epic songs. So I did pick this. But then, of course, I start, you know, researching the song and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I didn't re- and again, I'm sure we'll get into it. I didn't. And listening to some, you know, uh, live versions and stuff. And I'm like, I thought this was just like a happy love song to his wife and then i start hearing different live versions of it and i'm like wait a minute this has a whole new meaning all of a sudden so yeah i'm sure we'll get into that also <laughs> yeah i mean you know i said i quoted the opening lyrics and, and then the second verse storm clouds are raging all around my door by the way i i love bob manage i love bob's singing style that he can turn a word that is one syllable into many syllables which is door because oh, he yeah. sings, sings like all around my door. Yeah. <laughs> it's just supposed to, most of us just say door, but he yeah. manages to turn it into like three syllables. I think to myself, I might not take it anymore. Take a woman like your kind to find the man in me. Like you said it's, you know, we all love the complex Bob Dylan songs. We all love Murder Most Foul and Visions of Johanna and Desolation Row and Idiot Wind. But it's also nice to hear the ones that are not that and are just incredibly straightforward. Now we just mentioned just a couple shows ago in episode 300 with Jason MD, that the first ever live performance of this song was at the Budokan shows. And in those performances, he completely upends the song and turns it into another one of those triumvirate love affair songs. And it's, it's great that that exists, but to me, it's like, that's not what this song is. That's not what this song is. And and I love the performance uh, uh, on the the Budokan, uh set. I I do. I like I like the way he plays it. I like how it sounds. Even though I do like the original, I, I like the jauntier version. No, I want to. I mean, as if I couldn't be more jealous of Bob Dylan. He's a genius. He looks cool. 
um and you know he can play musical instruments and write songs he also can write amazing simple love songs i mean can you imagine like presenting this to your girlfriend your wife and saying here i wrote this for you and it's again like you said it's not like it's it's not like it's it's not you know desolation row or visions it's not anything epic it's just oh he's putting his heart on the sleeve and again bob you know with bob there's a he'll never tell you what he's really thinking but i do think in this period he was writing more straightforward songs and i think this is just a straightforward love song to his wife and that's how i mean again as, as much as you can as much as you can say that what he's going for i think that's what he was going for yeah i mean any given song he's trying to put across what he's feeling in the moment of writing and then performance and this does that you know i mean this does that it has that feeling of just you're so overjoyed with this person and you want to be at least this angle for, for this song, it's you, you want to be a better person for your partner. They, they, you love this person so much that they make you want to grow. And may, you know, when I say better, I don't necessarily mean that in exactly just as like you were in an inferior, but just, you want to be a better partner. You want to be a better, maybe father, friend, son, whatever it is. But if that's how powerful the draw is, of this person that he's singing to that it makes you want to, it, it's pulling the man in me, you know, the, you know, for, for a lot of, a lot of people, uh, you know, the, the word man has a certain connotation to it as opposed to like, you know, boy, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Like a lot, there are a lot of overgrown as we see on every social <laughs> media site, there are a lot of overgrown <laughs> boys out there mm-hmm. and they are in men's bodies and they have, uh social media platforms of men <laughs> but they are boys and here he's trying to say you know you're pulling something out in me to make me be better and that makes me happy because i'm becoming that person and it's got all that joy to it and then of course you've got the performance of it which is just absolutely fantastic you know like it's an overjoyed performance yeah. i mean and... can we talk of it can, i'm sorry i mean there can we talk okay. to to loop back to the sesame street thing couldn't you just see him doing the la 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 la's with oh completely <laughs> i love that i mean i i love it this is another song that I'll, I'll play in the car that i know my my son will sing with like he knows the all the words to the song but i mean it is like i just i there i always have a big stupid grin on my face whenever i'm singing this song because it's just it's fun it's just a fun song and and you're you're getting the vibes off of him every time you listen to it. And it is, you could just tell he is, it's, it's the, a portrait of a man who is at that moment at, at the peak of happiness. And I, I think it comes through every time I play it. That's, that's, that's the vibe. I, this is like a pick me up song. I'll play this mm-hmm. to like, if I'm, if I'm having a bad day or if it's, you know, raining like it is right now <laughs> you're in the middle outside. of a typhoon right now you're yeah. in the middle of a typhoon outside uh and you need to brighten up a little bit this is like the song you want to play oh yeah completely um so in terms of the live performance i mean there's other stuff we want to talk about but the live performances mm-hmm. um I-, I mentioned you know Budokan. it's been performed live 155 times not that much um a lot through the 90s and into the 2000s and the last time was 2011 there's a couple of versions more recent where he's changing some of the words it was hard to me to make out some of what he said there's one there's one time where he changes the line to something like just to know that you really exist do you yep. think i ever would something that i couldn't i couldn't quite make it up but it's it's funny that the budokan version 
is that you know kind of blood on the tracksy ish very much you know, so. thing and then he kind of ditched all that when it came back into live form he kind of just brought it back to the version that's on the record i think he realized mm-hmm. okay this is maybe there are other songs to do this with maybe not this one this is just that kind of <laughs> happy-go-lucky thing and even though he's got that you know ragged phlegmy voice now he still has that it's still an upbeat peppy song when he's doing it live Oh, it almost works even better with the ragged, uh, <laughs> phlegmy voice because you don't expect it. That's why mm-hmm. his, that's why the Christmas album is so great because you don't expect it. So even with this, it's, it just makes it that much better to hear that, like, you know, all the weight of those years on that voice singing such a song that is meant to be so happy. I did, I, it's just a great contrast. So I think yeah. it makes it even better. Absolutely. Now, according to, I looked up, the song in uh, Clinton Halen's the recording sessions book. And apparently there, this was done in basically one take uh, that the, a lot of the other songs for new morning were had multiple takes. And like this song doesn't appear anywhere on the, uh, another self portrait box mm-hmm. set, uh, even though a lot of the other new morning songs do. So apparently this was gotten, gotten down the tape in, in just the one take. And we'll, we'll, we have footage of that and we'll talk yes. about that in a moment. Um, but it, I think that's interesting that he managed to kind of just nail this. And again, if you read some stuff in that book, when, you know, the, the recording times between self-portrait and new morning were smashed together. They were, they overlapped. He was already working on new morning by the time he was still working on, he was doing self-portrait and then he moved right into mm-hmm. new morning and he was still working on New Morning by the time Self Portrait came out. And so with the and there were times where New Morning was supposed to be half covers, hmm. yeah. half originals. And according to some of the musicians that were there, Bob spent way more time on the covers. He would record four, five, six, seven takes of a given cover. And then when it would get to one of his originals, he would bang it out in one take. Like those were just not as important to him. Now, obviously, who knows if the reception that self portrait was met with made him say, Oh, wait a minute, you know, let's make new morning its own thing as opposed to kind of more of self portrait. Who knows? We'll never really know. But I think it's interesting that is as dynamite as a performance, this is that he seems like he got it in, in one, which is again, I find that remarkable. Well, that's always been uh, the thing with him. Right. And I, I mean, I'm asking you, so you'll know, I mean, they've, <laughs> they're all the critics and, you know, I'm putting up air quotes always say that he could use better producers. I know he's been producing himself uh, more in his later years, though, that, that uh, you know, they always wish maybe he does one more take, a little bit of a better take. And I think he's maybe going for, he's trying to be in the moment with a lot of this stuff. I think it works for this song. I think you have to kind of be in the moment for this song. But it always, like you were saying that, where how he was recording uh, self-portrait and and this it's just so weird to think i always think of this with like the beatles that when you look at it they were only really recording and and, and around for seven years before they broke up and you think of like bob dylan where he's just you know they're just got nowadays i think you know with musicians and i'm, I'm saying nowadays i don't even really mean nowadays because i'm not following popular music like i used to but i remember like say back in the 90s when i really got into music and having to wait like oh my goodness like three or four years between albums <laughs> from certain acts because they were going on tour and they were doing it i mean and you know people like the beatles like dylan like the stones i mean they were pumping it was every year i mean mm-hmm. they were and it was every year and it, it was always so different especially with dylan everything was so different 
Uh, and, and it's like, like you would think that it was like 10 years between albums. And it's like, no, no, no. It's like, it was probably like he started recording this while he was still recording, you know, finishing up the other one. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing to think that. And uh, yeah, especially when it's somebody who is certifiably brilliant, like Dylan is and like the Beatles were, that they could just keep pumping this out all the time and make it different and have and make it new. I, I just can't believe it. I mean, that's what I was thinking of watching him in the studio like recording this it's just to just imagine like you, you know you're going in there it's like your job sometimes i'm sure and you're just wanting to get this done that might be another reason why he's he's like okay we got it on this one let's move on to the next one but you know it, and, and it's just like you come out of it and years later people look back at it like it's you know manna from heaven and it i i it's something i can't wrap my head around <laughs> he was in the zone, you know, for yeah. a good eight, nine years, straight, yeah. straight through. Um, it's kind of funny that what, you, what you mentioned there, because you think about that run that he was on, right, from 62 to 70. He's pumping out an album virtually every year. I mean, there's the yeah. motorcycle accent, but of course, the basement tapes are in the middle of all that. And we didn't, you know, people didn't know, but nevertheless, he knew and mm-hmm. he's cranking out the material. And I was I'm just uh, actually just tonight I was watching this documentary about uh, uh Gary Shandling and it's on HBO it was, came out a couple of years ago but I hadn't I just had somehow they hadn't seen it so we were watching it and they were talking about one of the talking heads and it was saying that when you're a comedian you want to keep you don't want to go too long without working on something because you feel like uh if you keep passing up opportunities to get on the train the train will never come back hmm. like that's it you you've missed yeah. your opportunity and I think there's something to that of like you're in that zone of like I'm in, I'm creating and I'm doing this. I'm moving on to the next thing. And if you take too long, then your raps get a little rusty and then it's harder to come back. Now, obviously, you know, Bob had that right. Actually, right after this, he basically kind of goes dormant for a little while. And then he comes back and does the soundtrack and then he kind of lays dormant again. And then bang, he hits into another really, really fertile period. But yeah, this is the culmination. It's funny, despite the album being called new morning, this is really the end of a cycle. When you think about yeah, it, this very is, much this is so. really the final album of this extraordinary eight year run of unbelievable transcendent music and brilliance. And then he puts it aside for a while and he just decides I'm just going to hold up with the family and do other things. You know, it's kind of remarkable. And, and like, so that's a really good point where, you know, it's called New Morning. And, and like you're saying, it's the end of this run. And just think of like three to four years before he's creating music that people had never heard before that Mm -hmm. would, uh, you know, and then four years later, and again, I'm not taking anything away from new morning because I love it or the song, but it's so, so much more simple. I mean, no, no, no less brilliant, but you know, compare this to something that that's on highway 61 or something that's on blonde on blonde. And again, just to think about that. I mean, we don't, when we're in the moment, you know, if I was if I was alive then and experienced this, maybe maybe it doesn't maybe it does, maybe it doesn't seem again, while I'm looking back at it with you know, with the lens of being able to study what he did and and track all that. But it's just amazing just like the the and you know, people say it about the Beatles also. Um but it just how different it was. And it's only like three to four years later. And and mm-hmm. it's true. Like you said, I mean, it is. It's the end of, I, what are they called? I think they call it like people's like imperial period where they just have that, you know, they're they're just, they can do no wrong. And he's had a couple imperial periods. Mm-hmm. So this is like, mm-hmm. the, this is the end of his first imperial period. 
<laughs> Depending well, on are lucky to have, like you say all the time, you know, he he can write like a lyric, and you'd be lucky in your whole life to write just like one lyric or song. Oh, seriously! And he's oh, got man. he's yeah. got different periods of where he's hitting like new heights. So yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> oh, if the rumors that there's a, a new album coming out this year are true, like man, if that album is anywhere anywhere in the ballpark of rough and rowdy ways you're like well now we're in a new we're in yet another imperial period here yeah really are and it's funny because you know talking about like my son if he's still and he i mean he better i'm trying to raise him right stays a dylan fan like 10 15 years from now when he's looking back you know he's gonna be like wow and like 2020 i can't believe like he started he might be saying he started like another period where he not that he <laughs> not that it was bad before but he was coming off of doing like the, the covers and all that kind of stuff and the great american songbook and, and you know he'll have the the he'll have be able to look back and say and and see it w- the same way we're looking back at, at this kind of stuff and and study it that way so yeah it's pretty amazing i look forward to having xander on to talk about that when, when the time comes <laughs> Thanks for listening to this part of the episode. We hope you'll consider becoming an FM Plus subscriber to hear the full version of this and all of our shows. Sign up in Apple Podcasts or at fmpods.com.